0: Hey everybody, this is Britain. Uh, this is a snippet of a Patreon-exclusive episode about media released around 9-11. Uh, if you like it, maybe you should go to uh, Patreon and subscribe uh, for as little as $2 a month. That's just 50 cents a friggin' week. You know, you can, you can listen to an extra episode a week. Uh, we put up a bunch of content on there.
1: Um, that's it. Enjoy it. On September 11th, 2001, a lot of people died. Now, 21 years later...
0: We're here to be the first responders (laughs) to media from that week.
1: This is Getting Media. On 9-11 Wow. Okay, we're here. Um, we were gonna do a, a different episode this week, but um, our guest couldn't join us, so no, I was like, Britt, I have an idea for a cast. Yeah, and Britt was like, Hmm, what mm-hmm. is it? You know, you don't initially trust my ideas, which is probably wise. I don't um, initially trust anything. <laughs> you uh when you when you grow up on these
0: streets, you don't trust bitches, you know no, and no offense, but everything true. everything is bitches yeah, when, when you grow up on these streets that's true that's true um,
1: um yeah, so but I was like, hey, let's talk about the media that was released on September eleventh two thousand one yeah and that's that's going to be fun, I think, hey, but before we get into the into the conversation, there is something I do want to state here, and that is. This is going to be a funny conversation. We're going to be make, going to be making a lot of jokes, but I don't want that to make it seem like we're fetishizing nine eleven or like making light of the fact that a lot of people died and a lot of terrible things happened as a result of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a
0: terrible thing. However, I mean,
1: it's also a major cultural event. It was which a major I think that, like, cultural event. Opens and, it up for satire in a way. And um, and, and
0: in I mean. I don't know about you, but politically the way I think about it is yes, it was definitely a tragedy, a thing that should never have happened. However, at the same time, it was very much a political reckoning for the empire of the United States as the single world power. Um, You know, as much as it's terrible that 2000 people died, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely nothing compared to, the carnage that the United States has caused physically and material to people around the world for the past, you know, 80 years now. Since we have been the de facto superpower in the world, the 1950s. Yeah, like,
1: that's true. It's pretty bad. Like,
0: like, like yeah, 2,000 people died. That's a terrible tragedy. How many people do you think died in the ensuing wars in, uh, in Afghanistan in Iraq?
1: Oh yeah, uh, a lot 400,000?
0: Over, over 900,000
1: Wow, that's more than I would have guessed Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so over 450 times The people died In the ensuing wars Than happened here And it's like I mean What right. if, have what, what if we got to show for? We really stopped terrorism, didn't we? <laughs> right? <laughs> like
1: right. It's, Terrorism's over, just like COVID, baby Yeah, we canceled terrorism Canceled um, terrorism, canceled COVID, I mean, honestly, like, thanks,
0: Obama. Obama killed uh, Osama bin Laden, and terrorism's been over since then. So. Yeah. Once
1: you once you beat the final boss, game's over, baby. Straight up, he was the Bowser of that situation, the real
0: King <laughs> Koopa, King Koopa bin Laden. Uh,
1: I, I now want to make a <laughs> a meme where it's Obama as Mario, and then <laughs> Osama bin Laden as, as Bowser. Or
0: or just a thing that says like uh, sorry Osama bin Laden's in another castle <laughs> or in another compound. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah, just uh, I like that. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Well, speaking of Osama bin Laden, yeah, I figure like let's talk about what was released that day because you know September 11th uh, I believe was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday, which is a major release date for or sorry a major release day for media. Well in, in for, a lot for, of different For ways. music
0: mostly. Music but also, mostly video like, games as well. Video games as well. And also like uh I want to say like DVDs used to be released on like Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Tip,
1: yeah, typically. Yeah. I, I that's actually a good one. I didn't look into what DVDs I, were. I actually didn't either.
0: Day. And I had movies, but I really just looked yeah. in what theaters were doing then because I, I wanted to more uh, for my part t- kind of take a cultural snapshot of like what life was like before nine eleven and how yeah. like stuff immediately fucking changed, you know. Totally. Yeah.
1: Um, with that said, do you want to talk about your pre-event stuff yeah. first?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I, okay. I, I, like you, I assume, probably split it up into I've got uh, kind of the two biggest movies that were released the week before 9-11. Yeah. And then I got the two biggest movies that were released after
1: 9-11. So all of my stuff is stuff that was released on the day itself. Okay, well, uh, yeah. So why don't you well, talk about is, your yeah? yeah movies, movies are released on yeah.
0: on Fridays, sometimes Definitely. Wednesdays, and then like holidays. So, but yeah. they're rarely, if ever, released on actual Tuesdays. So this is true. No is actual true. movies, to my knowledge, were really released on nine eleven itself. For sure. Um, what was
1: released the week before? So the, the Friday the, before nine.
0: The the week before and uh, Good
1: Friday and if you and, and
0: actually the two top movies uh, that were also released um, the week before. Uh, We're going to start with Two Can Play That Game. Uh, Shantae Smith, played by Vivica A. Fox, is a woman who gives advice on how to keep a man in check. Her ideals are challenged when a man, an attorney named Keith Fenton, who is placed by Morris Chestnut, threatens to stray. I so vaguely
1: remember. Yeah, those. right? Like, yeah. I can't remember what it looks like at all, well, but I the mean, name is sort of right.
0: familiar. So it was, it, was, it was, you know, a black comedy, an urban comedy, if you will, that <laughs> but, was released when we were, well, like thir- thir- 12, 13 years old. Yeah, so. And so like, I mean, I, w-
1: I was pretty and, aware of movies, though, at the yeah, time. Yeah, but, you know? but, so but we lived in Alaska, and
0: so, like, we were aware of it, but neither of us would have ever gone out of our way to, like, see it in a theater. No. No,
1: certainly not.
0: Um... But, uh, yeah, Smith is a well-educated woman who feels that when it comes to men and their tricks, she knows them all. On the other end, Shante's boyfriend, Keith, is being led by his friend, Tony, played by the legendary Anthony Anderson, who thinks he knows all the tricks that women play. When Shante's boyfriend, Keith, is caught red-handed stepping out with a coworker, worker Shante in- institutes her 10-day plan to get her man in line.
1: Nice. What's the Rotten Tomatoes on this one? Uh, it was it
0: was it was pretty bad. I actually don't have that here, but uh, I can get that real quick.
1: Um, yeah, we we two can play that. that game. You know, I've always wondered how many could play that game, but apparently the answer is two.
0: Well, that's not necessarily true, to
1: be honest. Really? So, uh, I guess we aren't talking about something like a Mario Party, of which so they, you know, four I, people I'm can just play gonna that the, the, game.
0: Uh, so the um, let's see. It's going to have a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so, actually so, better than I expected. But Certified Rotten Audience Score with over 25,000 votes is 83%. So,
1: pretty so yeah. I would say like that means mixed <coughs> critical reception.
0: Um I guess. Yeah, several years later, uh, a sequel was released called Three Can Play That Game. So, Are you fucking so, kidding me? So exactly, Are you fucking kidding me That's right why now? I said it doesn't answer your question. That's fucking
1: insane. But, like, however, I, I can't however, even handle no, that.
0: No, I can't handle it because it's the second movie in the franchise, and it's called Three <laughs> Can Play That Game. And I'm like, <laughs> I, mean, I get so, it. I get so what insane. you're doing, but at the same time, it doesn't work. Oh, oh, yeah, that, it is R. Wow. Yeah. Totally. Wow, I was actually allowed to see that in the theater. That was that's actually yeah, surprising. Yeah, so that
1: that surprises me because like yeah, I remember that one coming out and I the reason I didn't see it for a really long time was because it was rated R.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 sure like my dad took me to that cuz I was you know, I was like, well, it's, it's a real rock star movie kind of cuz, you know, be a
1: big rock star. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, so the, the this one has a pretty interesting backstory to mm-hmm. it. Um Rockstar is a 2001 American musical comedy drama film directed by Stephen Herrick with a script from John Stockwell and starring Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston. Tell us the story of Izzy Cole, a tribute band singer who ascended to the position of lead vocalist of his favorite band, which was inspired by real life story of Tim Ripper Owens, singer and Judas Priest, uh, who was in a tribute band before and who replaced Rob Halford in the 1990s when he famously split with them.
1: Correct.
0: Um, After opting the film rights to the story, Warner Brothers hired Stockwell to write the script. Brad Pitt was initially signed to play the lead role, but left due to creative differences, and Wahlberg was eventually hired for the part. Rockstar garnered mixed reviews from critics and was a box office flop, grossing $19 million. Wow, that's surprising. production budget of 57 million dollars that, so, well that's it was really released, surprising it was I, I, released a week before 9-11 Spencer oh,
1: right? yeah that, that's no, so, why. so that's that's yeah. one funny thing okay. is
0: in the wikipedia articles to all of these films mm-hmm. it mentioned it it didn't do well financially because it was released like on 9-11 basically
1: yeah I forgot we were talking about 9-11 for a yeah. minute wow <laughs> really okay um, <laughs> but no that that makes a lot of sense and like I feel like that film went on to be pretty successful, though. Like, it's definitely one of those films that I feel like they play a lot on TV. It is. It does have
0: kind of a cult following. Um, It's one of those films. And there's there's reasons for that. I feel
1: like it did well on on DVD as well. I wish we could see those numbers. So,
0: so, uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg spent five months preparing for his role as Chris Cole, working with a vocal coach, growing out his hair, and attending the metal scene in LA and wandering around LA in character. Nah. Um, a concert scene was shot at the Los Angeles Memorial Sports Arena before 10,000 Metallica and Megadeth fans for the film, which Holy is where shit. they got most of like, the big arena crowd stuff from for the film. Mm. Uh, while filming one Steel Dragon performance, which was the band in the film, uh, the crew pranked Wahlberg by playing Marky Mark's Good Vibrations instead nah. of the rock music they were supposed to play, and the footage is featured in the film's end credits. Um yeah, so one thing I found kind of cool is uh there's two bands in this film like blood something who's like the the fucking the band he's in before and then Steel Dragon which is the the mm-hmm. big rock band that's supposed to be the stand-in for uh for uh Judas Priest. Here.
1: Interestingly though, like Steel Dragon in the film does mm-hmm. not sound Anything like Judas Priest? They, they, they don't they sound no. like a like sound like an 80s like glam metal band.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're definitely more yeah. like um,
1: they're more like Monty Poison Crew-ish. or Molly Crew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: but interestingly enough, so basically everyone in the band was actually a legitimate musician.
1: Yes, which uh, is a, which is fun casting.
0: Yeah, right. Like yeah. you you have Wahlberg who did all of his own vocals, and of course he did like good vibrations before, which isn't the same genre at all. But he did all his, of his own vocals, and he's mm. a legitimate like decent vocalist.
1: I didn't realize he did all the vocals. That's yeah. kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, he's still a terrible person. But, yeah. Um,
0: you know? On uh, lead guitar for Steel Dragon, you had mm-hmm. Zach Wild. Yes. yes, who, yes,
1: yes. Uh, he's in the film mm-hmm. playing yes, guitar.
0: Definitely. And he plays all of his own guitar parts. Uh, yeah. On rhythm guitar, interestingly enough, who also plays his own parts, yep. Dominic West, who plays McNulty on The Wire.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: who's who's actually a legitimate
1: musician. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. I I did too. When you said that I was was like, who is that guy? I don't know who that is. Yeah, but he actually plays the guitar parts. Um,
0: uh, On bass, you have Jeff Pilsen, who played uh, with Dawkins and now is the bassist for Foreigner. And then on drums, you have Jason Bonham, uh, John Bonham from Led Zeppelin's son, who is like a huge studio drummer, and who plays for basically everybody. Yep. yeah,
1: it's a it's an interesting movie. Uh, as much as I hate Mark Wahlberg, I do think that it's a it's an interesting movie. It's it's worth a watch. I would say. Yeah. Um, it's you know uh, a recent film that's very I feel like very inspired by that film is the recent like Motley Crue movie. Okay, you watched that? I haven't. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, um, yeah, I haven't. Uh, the Adaption of the Dirt. It's it's very similar in structure to that film, except more like goofy, but. Uh, yeah. Uh it's, it's an interesting movie. That that one I would say hey maybe watch except if except maybe not if you're uh in New York on September 11th. You know, you know what 2001? you should really
0: do since you're on this side of the screen here Spencer uh-huh. is you should take a hit of this vape and blow it all over the twin towers.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um it it'd be funny though. Uh yeah. <laughs> I suppose it would be funny.
0: It'd be very, that'd be TBS as hell, dog. Come on.
1: TBS, yeah, TBS for sure. Speaking of TBS, let's talk about the two video games that were released on September 11th, 2001. Let's do it, yeah. yeah. 2001. Oh. So, in doing research for this, I actually went to a lot of different websites, <laughs> a lot of different like game wikis that exist <laughs> out there. Uh, the most trusted one, the one that had the most accurate information, I think, is the Giant Bomb Wiki, which is very, very in-depth yeah. um, and generally tends to be very accurate. Uh, however, um, there seems to be a, a lot of conflicting information here. Um, what initially inspired this conversation or me uh, pitching this conversation to you mm-hmm. was that I saw a video game that I liked that said the release date was September 11th, 2001. Okay. Turns out that game did not come out on September 11th, 2001, um, mm-hmm. despite some sites saying that it did. It it and actually so this part of these two video games that I, I ended up whittling the list down was to it,
0: was it the Master of Disguise uh, Moment of <laughs> Silence video game because I got that mixed up too
1: oh yeah yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> totally it was actually that one actually came out the week after yeah no, yeah, no, yeah yeah totally <laughs> um, so the the list initially started pretty big but as I you know cross checked and and looked at different sources I ended up whittling the list down pretty far so there's only two that I can they, like verify that they definitely came out on 911. Um and those two games are mm-hmm. firstly, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX on the Sega Dreamcast. Look, on the Dreamcast, interesting. Correct. Wow, okay. Correct. Was it released
0: uh, on anything else or just the Yes, okay. it was
1: also released on the uh, PlayStation and PC and I believe Game Boy Advance. Okay. So that's a different game obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um the PlayStation and PC releases came out at different times. I don't have those uh, handy. I think those came out before the Dreamcast release. I think the Dreamcast port was the last release of this particular game. Uh, interestingly, uh, it is... Well, firstly, it is a port of the PS1 game, so mm-hmm. it was, is not a native Dreamcast game. Secondly, it uh, achieved average to positive reviews. All, all versions of this did. Uh, the PC and the Game Boy Advance version had the worst reviews. Uh, but the PS1 and the Dreamcast version had basically the same reviews, average to positive. Um, and interestingly, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, and I did not know this, I assumed this at the time, but I did not know this for sure, it ran off of a modified version of the Tony Hawks Pro Skater engine. So oh, it actually ran on the same engine. Yeah, as I that mean, game. that makes sense. It like, makes sense, yeah. It was, it was yeah. also developed, well, it was not developed by Neversoft, who made the uh, uh, THPS games, but it was uh, published by Activision, who okay. owned Neversoft I at thought the it was time.
0: Th- I thought it was THQ that did the. THQs. No, Activision. Okay. Activision. I, I know Activision did. I thought it was Activision THQ. Not no. Neversoft. no. Or, or Neversoft THQ or something. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking yeah, of no. something else.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, it happens. It happens. But yeah, interestingly, uh, we had a, a Dreamcast game that came out on. Uh, so that was a wild one for me, realizing that a, a Sega Dreamcast game came out on That's 9-11. That's not that wild. No, that makes I, sense. But yeah, it's not.
0: Dreamcast was like, what, like 99. 98? Yeah, like ninety nine to like two thousand three, maybe is like probably when they retired everything for good.
1: Uh, it died way before that, but yeah, they they actually ended support for it. I believe in two thousand one. It was only like two years after they released it. Nah,
0: there's no way they ended support at, that quickly because
1: oh. well, Sega went out declared bankruptcy. Uh, bankruptcy, I think, in two thousand one. Yeah, I mean
0: they had bankruptcy, but they were still like actually releasing games for a while
1: well clearly they were I mean yeah. in this case yeah so I, I don't know how long they continued to release Sega Dreamcast games perhaps we will find out um but interesting you know cause like 2001 was when the or sorry 2000 was when the Playstation 2 came out in, the, in North America right so yeah, that like it just seems wild to me that a year later they were still doing Dreamcast stuff
0: but yeah yeah so they discontinued the system in 2001 but there were releases up until the end of
1: two thousand two. Okay. okay. But Makes yeah, that's sense. pretty quick, right? Two years. Woof.
0: Yeah. It's rough. Right. That is super rough. I mean well, I mean, technically three, because it was released in Japan in ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Correct. But uh yeah, that's that is pretty rough, man. Heck yeah. Anyway anywho. It, it was ahead of its time, but also in a way behind the times as well. True. Just super fucked, man.
1: Super fucked up. Uh, speaking of super fucked up, the other video game that was released on September 11th, 2001, in North America is mm-hmm. Clonoa: Empire of Dreams for the Game Boy Advance. What the Advanced.
0: fuck is that Clonoa? You don't know I what Clonoa? I have is? never heard of this. This okay. sounds like a really obscure medical procedure, like <laughs> if you have like polyps on like your kidney or something.
1: Okay, so the Clonoa games is a series of I think three games. There may have been later games in the series. I don't know. I only know about the first three games Uh Uh, the original game was a a side-scrolling 3d platform 3d slash 2d platformer for the playstation 1 Uh Uh, the second game is clonoa 2 lunatea's veil which came out on the ps2 which is also a 2.5d you know side-scrolling platformer Uh, i played that game i did not play the original clonoa but i did play the second one and it's actually a pretty good game. It's really charming. It's like a mascot platformer type of game. But it's mm-hmm. very charming. It's got very like colorful visuals and stuff. It's, it's fun. It's good. Uh, so that's what I know the series from. I didn't realize there was a Game Boy Advance game. But what's interesting is Clonoa Empire of Dreams, is it came out after Clonoa 2 Lunatea's Veil. Trust me, people will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Trust me. There's somebody out there that has also played these games. Uh, it came out after the second game, but technically it's actually a sequel to the first game for the PlayStation 1. Um, And it received overwhelmingly positive reviews upon release.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Hate to be a spoil sport, but that's all you're getting for free. Go over to patreon.com slash abucketcast. Sign up.
1: Two bucks a month. We'd appreciate it. Bye.